0: Welcome to the Potion Podcast, your raw look at the hospitality industry, brought to you by SHC Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Sean Sewell. Um, This week's live stream, uh, I've been trying to keep my live streams nice and tight on Mondays. Um, It's a very, very special one. Um, I'm really, really happy to have this one. I I sort of reached out to... um, I'm just changing a few things on my phone here. Just get that going. Um, I reached out to Ian and uh, Jeff from BCRFA and AbleBC respectively uh, late last year. I kind of wanted to do a um, reflection on 2020 because I know a lot of people in the industry. 2020 was a ridiculously bad year for us um, as a whole. But also I wanted to sort of reach out and sort of see what their reflection is for 2021. What are we doing? I I feel this year especially it was like happy new year and i'm like it's still the same as it was december 31st is still the same as january 1st I, it's it's not where we can reset and re-go in uh the way that we usually can and sort of tackle things it's still the same sort of process that we're going through and we're still in this pandemic for the the foreseeable future so i want to welcome um Ian and Jeff to the stage. Also, if you've got comments while you're watching, just throw it up. Um, I can ask questions and that sort of thing. But we're gonna we're gonna tackle a few things today, and I'm really, really happy to have both Ian and Jeff here with me. Thanks a lot, gentlemen. I really appreciate it. That's
1: all right.
0: So so let's kick it off. Um I I want to start with a nice silver lining. Um what (laughs) Jeff, what do you I'm gonna start with you, Jeff. What do you see was the big wins for 2020 for the restaurants and bars in BC? Okay,
1: yeah. Uh, It's hard to look at silver linings, uh, and sometimes I I get that, um, given how far we've come during this and the toll it's taking and the economic devastation, we can get into all those numbers. But I would say there's a couple of things. Um, One of them is, uh, I don't think I've ever seen our industry work harder for their businesses, for their communities, and for their employees. Uh, and our people have put up with a lot. I mean, changing public health orders and declining customers and loss of consumer confidence and all that. Um, but I, it really showed our industry can galvanize. I mean, the work Ian did, for example, early on the pandemic to help get our industry reopened, right when we were shut down. Seeing industry come together like that—60 people with—I think it took about a week, right, where we had a plan to government and the actual plan to reopen ended up being probably 80 percent that. So that was really impressive for me. Um, the other thing that really showed guys like Ian and I who are banging on government store, but policy changes lot, is how quickly they can act sometimes, right? If you think of the temporary permissions um, that we are working to make permanent right now, things like wholesale price for hospitality customers, that's something I've been working on for five years. Ian's probably working on that for five years before that, and it, uh, we we're able to get it done uh, under damaging circumstances, but it just showed us, with the right motivation, right? Circumstances government can move pretty quickly on things. So that's my two silver linings.
0: What were yours uh, for 2020 there, Ian? Um, I know that uh, we, it is kind of funny. I do agree with, with Jeff, like the government did move quite quickly on certain things. What did you, what was your takeaway from 2020 that sort of really helped the industry?
2: Uh, you know what? The collaboration, I think between ABLE and BCRFA was a long time coming. And I think that something this. this. We have different strengths, Jeff and I, and yep. that that serves the industry in a much more ubiquitous way. And it's not um, just that I'm
1: better looking than Ian, And there's other strengths. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kidding, buddy. Kidding.
2: Uh, you know, so we you know we're able to bounce off a lot of ideas, and um, it's it hasn't been easy for the. So I, I'll just take a, a slightly different tact here. I mean, it has certainly not in, it, it been uh, easy for industry at all, and Jeff has articulated that. Uh, they put up with everything, and but you know what? We're gonna we're gonna have, I think about seventy percent of the restaurant industry, and I would include pubs in that as well, survive. I think we're gonna lose thirty percent plus on this. Um, we may have lost part of that anyways, even despite the pandemic. But um, you know, it's changed the industry forever. I believe when we come out of this, that we're gonna have a much stronger industry. That's mu- That's gonna rethink the way they were doing things before you know, in terms of labor costs. And I think we're going to have a different environment with government when it comes to things like costs and environmental issues and stuff where they realize now, prior to the pandemic, there was like, it was a full on, I think some in our industry uh, coined it death by a thousand cuts. It was like property taxes, liquor taxes, red tape and regulation went went on on and on. We were choking the industry. Now we've unchoked the industry and it's going to be up to us to make sure that we, we, we don't sort of encumber ourselves again. I think government at all levels have understood that um, how terribly uh, brittle, you will, of this the industry is in terms of changes. Um, interesting that we haven't said anything about minimum wage. We probably won't because we know, for example, that's a that's a motherhood to this government. So why would we fight that? I mean, it's not going to get us anywhere. But we're going to certainly, um, the relationships we have with government right now, literally the, the provincial government, And a lot of municipal governments are a phone call away. They never were before. It took a long time to get a hold of them. Um, We don't hang out and have lunches with the premier and stuff. That's been out there a little bit. That's absolutely false. We do have very professional uh, engagements with industry. And our approach is not to lobby so much, Jeff and I, but facts and and things that they can respond to and, 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 and backgrounds with. They can actually come up with some really good policies. So Jeff is right. You know, what is wholesale pricing, the delivery of liquor, all those different things happen because of the pandemic. So um it, it's been hard. I mean, I know Jeff uh, hasn't taken any breaks. No one's taken any breaks this whole this whole way. Um, but we will come out of this stronger, much stronger, and uh and much more, I think, innovative. I think we've had to shake off a lot of things that we did in the past that were convenient as an industry and i think going forward it's going to be really interesting what the future looks like
0: yeah it's interesting like i think i talked to both of you in and around about april last year when we were really in the holy crap what are we going to do Like we still thought this, I think in April, March, April last year, we thought this was only going to last like three to six months and be it. And (laughs) we were talking about 60% closures. I think we're kind of lucky in British Columbia. Like I got a lot of friends in in Ontario and Montreal and Quebec that are way worse off. So I understand where people are disgruntled about how things are going in BC, but I'm like, you understand that Montreal has been shut down for like six weeks. You know, like Toronto has a stay at home for everybody for a month. Yeah. So we, sh- we should really look and count our blessings that we-, we are fortunate enough that we are still existing in general. Um, I'm curious about the takeout but- liquor and wholesale pricing. I know that uh, March 20, March this year um, is sort of the the time when they said that they was going to be finishing up. Is that still going to hang out for a little bit? Yeah, I
1: think... Government's been pretty clear about that during the campaign uh, under during the, the last election, which already feels like it was 10 or 12 years ago. But um, the work Ian and I and others have done was immediately, you know, when that temporary permission came into play, we, we obviously thought it should be permanent. So uh, Minister Farmworth's mandate letter, right, his instructions from the Premier include uh, direction to make uh, a few of those temporary permissions permanent, the ones about wholesale pricing for hospitality licensees, um, as well as allowing alcohol sales with takeout or delivery orders. Uh, We're hoping to add cocktails to go into that as well. Uh, And then some of the expedited permissions people were using to put up new patios and temporary permissions are on those. There's a municipal component to that as well, which Ian and I uh, work on too, but it's, um, I suspect all of those will either be extended or made permanent and there should be, you know, if we do our jobs well, some announcements on that in the next few weeks or months.
0: So I think Ian, you were mentioning about people's perceptions of you guys just having luxurious lunches (laughs) me at his house and I,
2: that, yeah where does that um, <laughs> we've actually uh i know i i, I mean this is not washington dc lobby okay. efforts this is on the ground practical um you know what we did as an organization to prove a point here we took our facebook page and said we are open 24 7 not five days a week yep. and uh the small staff that we have and the small staff that jeff had we've been here to answer just about every inquiry every phone call, uh, whether it's weekend. I mean, there's some stuff that came to this weekend and will be announced this afternoon with respect to some of the things we're talking about, but government's working in the weekends, we're working in the weekends. I mean, you know, in a way, Sean, you gotta love this. I mean, this isn't this has been a, a, I would say a privilege to be in a position to, to try to influence the outcome on behalf of industry. It's not perfect, um, but it's been very sincere. It's been very, it's all been based on structure on the structure of industry. And thank God we've got a government in Victoria that listened and acknowledged. It hasn't been perfect. I mean, there's been some criticism of what happened on New Year's Eve. Um, and we didn't feel great about that either. But what, what what people in the industry have to understand is, you know, Jeff actually, um, he fired up his lawnmower pretty good on this one, but he stopped to a certain point because there's a thing called diplomacy. And there's a thing called the conversations that we have that are generally not public behind the scenes with government. And there's the ones we have in public, the media. And I think now, um, you know, um, the media have just been, you know, there's been 10 months of media every single day. There's been media. They want a story. They want to hear that we're going crazy and we're letting our hair on fire. We're going after government that gets us nowhere. All that does is gets us a closed door with Dr. Henry, a closed door, with the premier a closed door with everybody. But, uh, we try to work that stuff through. So some people go, oh, these guys aren't, you know, I can't believe they're so mad. Or some restaurants write a letter because they feel the response isn't great. There's a there's a real finesse uh, to dealing with government, and that's called partnership and respect and trust. And uh, we've got their back, and they've got our back. And so it's not about lunches. It's about fact-based what this industry needs. And I don't think, uh, and Jeff, you may have a different, slightly different perspective, but by and large, the things that we put forward to this government and the municipal government around patios and, and liquor pricing and stuff have come to fruition. There's been really nothing that we haven't had. Uh, it's slowing down a bit right now. We're having to, to be perhaps be a bit more circumspect and, and analytical in terms of the asks we want because the reality of the budget now for the provincial budget is is, is looking in them in the face. But there's a lot more innovation to come, and. Um, the uh i just think that um you know it's going to be a bit slower progr- progress for example but i think it's largely been really good i don't know, Jeff, your thoughts well i would say um
1: something that people forget sometimes uh, is that governments are made up of people right uh, and everybody in government is literally trying to do the best that they can. And it's our job to figure out how to help them do their jobs. Right. And I often say our job's a bit of a translator. Right. I convert business BS to government BS and government BS back to business. Yep. But you don't speak the same language. Right. And yeah, I mean, you can imagine the uh, when we were surprised by New Year's Eve, for example, it's a great example um, that did not go down the way that we wanted to. I mean, Ian and I meet with uh, the people in the permitted Health Office on a weekly basis. And at no point, after we had kept raising it multiple times, they decided to do anything. So there was a, a real problem inside the office and how that decision got made. Uh, but to suggest we weren't advocating for it or suggest that we weren't there ready and willing to communicate with them is a misunderstanding. So you can imagine, though, the tense conversations we had immediately afterwards, right? I mean, I was getting profanity-laden emails from uh, our members about it, but I'm not gonna go in front of our camera and you know say that. Although I did say it was staggeringly stupid and shockingly unprofessional but that's how we're going to talk about it publicly, and behind the scenes we're going to say horrible you know blunt things but also we're going to focus on well how can we fix this How can we work forward how can we make sure this never happens again because we've got Super Bowl coming up and Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day. we have work to do on that still so I'm not going to compromise my entire relationship with government based on one bad decision right Um, and uh, I feel like you know dr. Henry made some comments there that industry should have seen it coming uh, which we've pushed back on that obviously privately, right? Like, well, if I didn't see it coming and Ian didn't see it coming, and Mark from the Restaurant Association didn't see it coming, and not a single person in the industry just saw it coming. It's not true, right? So that's a tough conversation to have with them. You can do that if you build a respectful professional relationship. If you go in yelling, I don't know, Sean, if I was yelling at you right now for every decision that you made, how much would you want to talk to me about this? <laughs> you have other things to do just with
0: turn your company, camera right? off. I just mute you and turn the camera off. But no, I, I kind of do agree. Like I I it becomes like a he said she said and that doesn't it doesn't really make any difference or push any sort of conversation forward about um uh about it um and i, I do agree to a degree I, I i respected a lot of things that bonnie henry has done over this this course it's been a difficult situation of absolute we're in new ground this is not something that we've prepared for and i'm sure it's the same thing for your organization a lot of the time able bc and bcrfa before the pandemic really people saw it as a advocacy body that did dine around and sort of promoted the the drinks industry as well as the restaurant industry but now it's sort of definitely a, a pivot well, everybody uses that fucking word but a pivot into how do we how do we keep building the industry um wholesale pricing with um thing i know that uh, i think this is probably a conversation for, for you jeff i know that uh craft distillers in bc I work a lot closely with craft distillers in bc have not necessarily had issues but had a bit of trouble with the the wholesale pricing that has been passed down in sure. bc and i know that you've had conversations about this as well yep um, well i'll be
1: i'll be blunt with uh, all of our manufacturing partners out there and i'll say two things about it first off we have a group the business technical advisory panel and ian and i and others are on to provide advice to government on these recommendations um, and everybody on that panel, I think, understood broadly that, yes, maybe there's some difficulty for manufacturing sector, but one of those partners said it fast, like the hospitality sector is their customer, mm-hmm. right? If we go down and we lose 50% of your business, who in the world are you going to sell your beer to? Right. This is not an us versus them. This is not. We got this policy change. So therefore we're going to screw your business. and You're not going to do anything. That means now that we're trying to save the hospitality sector, we also have to save the manufacturing sector. Right. And there's some stuff we need to do. But wholesale pricing is not the thing that's going to make or break their businesses. Mm -hmm. Right. It is going to make or break a lot of our businesses. So we can get together and listen to those concerns and figure out the right step forward after that. Um, But picking it apart like that and saying that's not going to work because, you know, One section of the industry is going to injure them. it does is it makes it impossible for government to make any productive decisions at all. Also, price for licensees is the right thing to do, right? And our industry has been asking for that in general for a long time. Uh, And it's that combined with the wage subsidy or why that, you know, we have about 10 or 15% of our industry that's already gone bankrupt. It's why it's not 50% right now. Mm -hmm.
0: I'm really curious. um, This one's for you, Ian, about... I know that BCRFA has been super... um, vocal about this about guest behavior now i'm lucky enough here in victoria we don't have i've heard horror stories from some of my friends who operate restaurants and bars and that sort of thing um but definitely um i haven't seen it myself at at clive's but i've heard horror stories and i've you've seen horror stories in the news how how are we dealing with guest behavior and, and this sort of education model and masks and all this sort of stuff
2: yeah, so I think there was a couple of um, uh, benchmark, well, you know, incident or no, not incidents, but situations. So the first one was people had a hard time accepting the fact that they could only have six people at a table. That was that was historic. And, and people go, what? And then it became the camp table hop. And that frustrated a lot of people. So we had a round of aggravated people through that. That settled down. I think the next one was uh, masks. Uh, masks caused a lot of problems because there are people that just, you know, uh, I left my mask at home. I don't have to wear a mask. Why should I wear a mask? Uh, and interesting though, is that um, the industry was proactive on that. We were actually having requiring, we asked the industry to use masks even before it became mandatory to use masks. And we, um, and I, you know, initially Sean, I thought masks in a restaurant. Uh, that's going to be really bad, but it, the restaurant restaurants cool. It's worked out really well. But we had a lot of scuffles there. We had a few, few windows broken and people mad because they didn't feel that you know it was impinging on their rights, which is ridiculous. Um, and then we had, a, I think the next one uh, was the backlash we had on New Year's. P- people were really angry about New Year's because you know some people had to t- you know stop drinking, go home, and and uh, and that whole ruckus. And so we're trying to um, we're trying to smooth all that out right now. I think the public is. Matured in accepting the fact that we have a collective responsibility on the pandemic. That has to, that has to be the first thing that we, we we consider all the time. Sometimes we'll have conversations with government. We'll say, you know what? For the sake of the community health, we need this is the way we need to do it. And industry has been really, uh, really, really cooperative. I mean, we go, we take it to in most cases to our advisory team, and throw things out to them and ask them and stuff. And and they're. You know, in some instances, I mean, the, the initial startup model uh, that industry put forward was actually tougher than what is out there right now, with then that was industry's response. That wasn't our response. So that's, gonna, that's starting to chill out a bit. I think now what's happening, Sean, excuse me, is that people are, are getting excited about the possibility of the effects of vaccination, the effects of patios that coming. It's not too far away for patios. We've been able to secure approvals for patios till October 21st, 2021, uh, including the liquor licensing there, so uh, so business guys can make their investments knowing that they've got the approvals in the bag. And there's other things that we'll do. I mean, I, I you know I think the the continuation and innovation around delivery is going to be there. We are able to get delivery fees down to 15% capped. Um, And that was a bit longer uh, time coming, but um, and we're still working through some of the nuances in there. But that's going to give industry a bit of a breather. At the same time, uh, you're seeing industry really becoming innovative. And the trend in the States is, and Jeff mentioned cocktails, pre-mixed cocktails, um, grocery stores online where chefs are actually offering some of their sauces or chef approved uh, items they use in their restaurant. That's here to stay. I mean, it may not be quite the intense it is right now. But that whole channel, I think, will become the third side of it between you know in-store dining, patios, and now uh, delivery and, and pickup. So can I
0: can I get a little inside information about when cocktails to go are going to be uh, something that's going to be doable? As most of the state, most of the provinces across Canada have sort of stepped up. I just saw something in my Instagram feed from Nova Scotia this morning about all prepackaged and, and bottled cocktails. Um, yeah. so when's it coming west? It, that information doesn't exist in BC
1: yet. Like government's made no decision on it or any commitment about it. It's something we've asked for and we're having that discussion. So um, hopefully soon that's part of our job. I did take a second here and uh, there's some interesting comments that are all coming from Jason McBride on the side, and I'm not going to engage in a, uh, a debate with Jason about this, but like there's two things on there that I think would be helpful for industry to know. First off, he suggest industries looking for accountability since our organizations have put ourselves in the advocacy on our behalf. Not true. Um, I work for a board of directors that uh, is elected by members of AbleBC. So AbleBC is a thousand members around the province, owners and operators of bars, nightclubs, liquor stores, other liquor primaries. Um, They elect a board of directors every year. That board of directors hires me and then we advocate on behalf of industry. And we have deep, extensive consultation processes with industry. Uh, You also said that we don't own a bar or restaurant. You don't want me to own a bar or restaurant because then when I go to government, I'm the guy advocating on behalf of my bar or restaurant. My experience and expertise is in government relations. I worked on Colton Hill for eight years so I could be able to communicate with these two audiences. We're not unaccountable at all. That's ridiculous to suggest that. Uh, We are specifically and entirely accountable to industry uh, and our entire full-time jobs are to advocate on your behalf.
0: Oh, I appreciate I appreciate you you grabbing that one uh Jeff. Um I'm curious about 2021. Um we're going to start looking into the future scene. I'm really happy about the delivery apps thing. I've been um a big proponent about um I think there's going to be a delivery app war this year. I think <laughs> I think so too. I, I really yeah. think like cuz everybody comes into the market whether it be 2D, Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, all this sort of stuff comes into the market with 30% commission. I'm like, but who's how do you compete if everybody is the same? Like and and especially now with Takeout being a big thing, um, brand equity in restaurants is a little bit different than it was when Skip the Dishes, you, you advertise on Skip the Dishes, but it's not really about your restaurants, just about the app. Um, and I find that very interesting. So I, I've told a lot of restaurants, just pick one app and lean into it. Um, but I really think 2021 is gonna be the year where you're either gonna get at someone who's brand disrupting mm-hmm. the industry and going, screw it, I want three times as many restaurants and I'll take 12% commission and they will get everybody. Um, And then the Uber Eats and Skip the Dishes are going to be like, oh, shit, Um, we've we've, we've got to really catch up now. Um, I really hope
1: so. I mean, because the the fees they're charging our members are just extortion, right? The challenge that industry has, which... um I love what you're saying and I really hope that happens because it's where the customers go, right? Customers go to the the brand that they recognize. So we need that other brand, whatever that one is, needs to come up and get um, to a level where customers are choosing that one instead. And that'll help get the the leverage that we need. But I don't know, Ian, I think you've done more work on this than I have.
2: Yeah, so I think you are going to see, well, you will see an announcement this week. We're going to make an announcement on 2D, which is Victoria-based and also on Modern. Jeff, I'll send this to you for your members. Sure. Uh, we've been working on this, but both those companies, uh, as as a um, uh, their normal business uh, operating um, commissions are less than fifteen percent. So 2D will operate in in more regional markets like Comox, Kamloops, the Okanagan Valley. They're not interested in, in sort of Victoria, Vancouver. Modern, on the other hand, uh, is is well equipped to be able to do that. So uh, it, the the challenge here is going to be if you turn on anything right now, you're going to see Skip the Dishes and DoorDash. That's you know that's where they They've got the marketplace. People go. I want to get some food. Let's go to DoorDash and just I have my pot These apps will actually subside. Uh, and what we're saying to people is, go to your favorite restaurant's website and see what they offer, and that's where you'll be able to see another alternative. Um, I think the government will help us market this when we're all ready to go, it's saying you'll know, BC made a made in BC solution, a long term solution. It's going to be tough for these companies to get the kind of business that uh, the that uh, Skip Uber. And DoorDash have, but I think long term we'll get there. And I think we'll have. We we need to provide sustaining profitability on delivery for restaurants and bars is in it, pubs it's so important uh, because it's not going away. I mean, I heard something today. Even despite the vaccination, there's still going to be the call for social distancing and wearing masks. Yeah. So the vaccination is not going to change a lot, and a lot of people like the fact they can stay at home and hang out and do their Netflix and order their favorite restaurant food and stuff and so we have to really work on the quality and the profitability in that channel. I think it's close to in some cases, almost some restaurants for up to 50% of their sales uh, would takeout out and delivery.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, consumer convenience has been rising for the last two to three years. And so at the end of the day, um, I think that it's been sped up. I think it's come much quicker, and I think delivery apps and, and takeout was going to be a major player of revenue for all restaurants in the space of two to five years. But now it's definitely sped up due to COVID. Now I'm curious um, for 2021. Let's let's start looking for the the future and, and what we can sort of hope. Um, Dine around in BC is just has kicked off. Um, is, is kicked off. And how have you found? Um, how have you found uh that with uh Dine around this
2: year uh victoria kicked off last week um that was interesting because victoria uh tourism and our, our local board in uh in victoria uh went to dr emerson actually and got got the sort of approval dr emerson is the deputy to dr henry we don't we haven't dealt with dr henry just for the record we have never talked to her directly but we are going to this week i think tomorrow we're having a meeting with dr henry and we've, we've laid out to her, I'm just to divert for a second, uh, a whole six month to 12 month plan in terms of the events that are coming up and how as an industry we should anticipate plan A, plan, plan B. So plan A is currently probably what we're under right now. So we know there's gonna be a Super Bowl. We know there's gonna be a Valentine's and let's see if we can lock in with government in advance to say this is what our intentions are but be aware we may have to change depending on what the numbers are so i think that's going to be really refreshing uh, for us in industry because uh, we sit on the edge of our seats every monday or tuesday or wednesday you know at three o'clock to see what the numbers are and sometimes we hear things you know like we heard um for uh in november as to who can go to restaurants as i said to jeff 100 times it's the hardest question answering media who can go to restaurants? The the preference is your with your household. Uh, period. That's what Dr. Henry wants. I mean, it's not what the health order exactly says, but it's been all that interpretation. So we're trying to but we're trying to sort that out. But let me say this: is that uh, for those critics of ours and all the different things, we've never been in the situation before. None of us, Dr. Henry, the Premier, Sean, you, Jeff, me, and I think that. Uh, it's a time now to to take this industry, which I think has been the hardest hit, and and pay tribute to the fact that they've been so good at, about getting through this. You mentioned earlier about uh, most every other province is probably closed for in-store dining, not British Columbia, and I think it says a lot about the operators in this province. So it does, it
0: does. So for twenty twenty one, Jeff, where where do you see? Uh, obviously, vaccine. I think vaccine for everybody in BC, somewhere in a region of like mid-summer, like middle of the year, summertime, that sort of thing. Um, where do you see uh, 2021 sort of leading um, on your part with um, everything? What, you, what Have you got some sort of hopes? Have you got some definites that are coming down the pipeline? Well,
1: I mean, I have tons of hopes and everything, but I, I don't know. I feel like we're in 2020 part two, right? I feel like 2021 should be postponed until September or October or something like that. Um, for me, it's all about the, the public health orders. Right. Uh, they are causing changes in consumers behaviors and in, in citizens behaviors. Right. So until we get to a spot where a sufficient portion of the population is vaccinated, uh, that you can change those orders. People's behavior is not going to resume. Right. Yeah, um, which means we're going to have a tough, tough road. Um, we've done a lot of work, uh, and by we, I mean the collective industry, uh, and we still have a long way to go. And that's difficult, right? Because people have already accessed things like the wage subsidy, and the loan programs, and the rent relief, and everything. Um, and I know a lot of businesses that are are only you know marginal because of things like the wage subsidy. So. Um, I think a lot of our work is going to continue to be behind the scenes pushing government uh, to make the right policy decisions and get the right financial resources uh, into our members' hands. Um, there's some simple examples of the kind of things like the small business recovery grants that were announced and then there was an election. There is a provision in there that businesses that had been closed because of public health orders, things like you know nightclubs, for example, that we work with uh, they were ineligible to even apply for the recovery grant. The very grant designed to help businesses impacted by the pandemic mm-hmm. excluded people who were most deeply impacted by the pandemic. So we got that changed. Uh, but there's a bunch of other little things like that that are coming down. I can't give you any definites on that side because I am not government. right? My job is to try and influence governments and help them make good decisions on behalf of our industry. Um, but they can't even give you any definite answers on any of those. So I don't want to mislead people about them. Um, except to say that the things that are adding cost to your businesses, uh, or the things that are putting um, breaks on your prof- potential profitability is where we're gonna be focusing our time predominantly. And then um, yeah, hopefully we get through until the sufficient number of people are vaccinated with a large portion of our industry still intact. so we can actually recover from there.
0: How about you Ian? Uh, what, are your, what are your final thoughts going into 2021? And I do agree with Jeff, like it is 2020 part two. It, as I said in the very beginning, like everybody's saying happy new year. I'm like, it's still we're still in the same position as we were like December, like in November, and we're going into January, it's not a reset like it usually is every year.
2: Yeah, one of the the worries I have is that we've got a population now that has a certain, um, is going in a certain direction. I think we have to be very conscious of bringing them back and restoring their confidence. Um, There's a lot of people that have no issues with restaurants because restaurants and, and, and pubs have done a great job on the confidence side. And there's there's an actually an app called the Consumer Confidence App that uh, a lot of businesses are starting now to embrace. That was another initiative of industry uh, with government uh, to sort of do that. But but changing the behavior back to restaurant, what's it going to be like to sit sit there and go, you know what, I can sit at a table with as many people as I want, as close as I want. And I don't know how people are going to feel about that. So that's going to be an interesting transition on how how we get there. there's going to be some interesting things, though. Uh, we're starting to see some investment, you know, despite the fact that it's been kind of a terrible 10, 11 months, we're starting to see people now looking at investment, taking opportunities. Of course, you know, uh, there's, there's places that are for lease that people want to take over in the United States. We're seeing uh, in Florida right now, you're seeing a lot of collaboration between chefs. Well, they'll have two different concepts in the same place and sharing expenses and trying to bring a wider audience. You're going to see continuation of uh, comfort food um, in the States, pizza. I think up here will be very much the same thing. And and again, continued emphasis on the innovation around takeout and delivery for sure. But um, I, I don't know. I uh, I was hoping that I keep hearing by the end of September, um, I think Jeff and I were sort of hoping by the beginning of July. Yeah. So we'll have to see here. But our job is going to continue to be, job number one is, is to bring as much as we can from a cost reduction revenue enhancement for our industry and looking for business expansion along the way. And at the same time, uh, you know, looking to make sure that our, our businesses are doing everything they can in the eyes of the public to provide that safe environment. The, I just go back to new year's here. Um, none of the stuff that this industry has done for new year's made any difference. Uh, and I know that some people are like, oh, we did all this work and stuff. And we showed the confidence to the premier and everybody said how wonderful pubs and restaurants are. The fact of the matter is for New Year's, Dr. Henry wanted people to stay home, period. It didn't matter what anybody said. Um, she just wanted people to stay in their homes. And you know what? So as, as tough as that was, the hard thing was, tell us that two weeks beforehand, we could have made the arrangements. It's but fun. interesting is so far, our numbers are showing that they're kind of decreasing. And that has to be good for british columbia and if we get to that stage we can perhaps accelerate our our rebirth of the industry if you will sooner than other provinces and other places in, in north america
1: i just want to add one last thing to that because I, I love your going that and i believe it very strongly that um the work that you know we have done to help keep the industry open for dine in and drinking in has only been possible because industry has really stepped up right And I think Dr. Henry has been clear that the hospitality industry is not a significant source of viral transmission, right? The few low exposure risks every once in a while, but it is not coming from us. It's coming from home gatherings. As long as these things remain true, I think that's how we'll get these restrictions lifted for our industry so we can model in an ideal world, this is how you restart hospitality in a way that the rest of Canada could be doing as well, right? I think we have a lot to be proud of, despite the awe-inspiring difficulties that all of our business members have
0: faced. Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, I I do appreciate all the work. I know it's we're in a position of complete, not a like brand new territory. Literally, week in, week out, it doesn't it doesn't seem to get easier. The PHOs change, and then I know that I'm on a few forums, and you get a whole bunch of people going. Oh, I saw that little thing about like outside your household bubble and all that sort of stuff. So, I want to thank you both for your time. Thank you so much. giving some information and and helping out. And uh, I really uh, hope to chat to you guys really soon. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Jeff. Take care,
2: guys. All the best.
0: Thanks for listening, Shifters. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I really enjoy sitting down with friends and peers and uh, just chatting about the industry and getting down to the nuts and bolts of what's really going on out there. Uh, Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, everything on all the platforms. Just hit it up and I'll do my best to answer any queries or questions you have. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye.